Hey listener, welcome to another week on ESPN Trick Info Stump Mike Podcast, a weekly look at things from around the cricketing world. We're doing a little bit of a throwback to our talking T20 days today with a couple of our uh, staffers who are as close to Chennai Super Kings Yellow Army as you'll find on cricket media. Pleasure to welcome first up Deva Muthu, our uh, writer and ball by ball commentator who keeps a very close eye on T20 leagues from around the world. Hey Deva. Hello Srinath, nice to be here. Super. Also on the show is uh, Gaurav Sundaraman who is missing the T20 season but trying to stay up for the CPR every morning and every night in India. Hey Gaurav. Hi, again good to be here and talking T20 again. Yeah, this is Stump Mike but we're talking T20 today once again. Uh, uh, there's a few things to get through today. Firstly, the, we've got the announcement that the IPL auction is in a month and a half from now. But we're going to be focusing on the T20 tournament that is uh, going on at this point, which is the Caribbean Premier League. Uh, Deva, you've been following this closely. I'll uh, defer to you on this and hand it over straight away. Has this been a fairly dull, boring season by usual CPL standards or uh, has it been business as usual? Uh, I'd have to agree with you in terms of saying it's pretty dull, Srinath, because like a uh, lot of the marquee players are missing, starting from the overseas names as well. And even the local players, like some of the players who were first picked in the drafts, like say Lasit Malinga, Isro Udana, like Malinga had a stellar IPL season. He won the final for Mumbai and immediately after he was picked up in the draft. But uh, I mean, there are so many players missing as well. Pakistan also called back the domestic players. And even in terms of their local stars, like somebody who was quite looking forward to was Robman Powell. He was with Jamaica and initially two years back, like he was touted to be the next Andre Russell as such. And he recently captained West Indies in Bangladesh as well. And then he got an abdominal strain. He's out. And the most curiously, like Shai Hope hasn't played a single game this season for Barbados Tridents. And uh, recently, the coach Phil Simmons also said that they couldn't find an adequate replacement for him. And that was pretty funny. I mean, they had Lenico Boucher, sure. But in terms of star quality, I think it's been a pretty dull season. But otherwise, the celebrations and especially the catches, some of the outfield catches have been brilliant. But overall, I would say it's been a bit tepid. Yes, having followed this league pretty closely over the last five, six years, it's uh, it's slowly getting into that zone where... Uh, it's actually difficult to keep up the level of the tournament due to constant rule changes and having a not a level playing field. So what I found this year especially was the teams were not equally strong. You know, when you actually saw the squads before the tournament came, I think I had a discussion with Deva also that uh, Trinidad and Guyana are likely to be uh, the top two teams and uh, the next best team on paper was Jamaica. But obviously without Russell, uh, they also tended to uh, do badly. But uh, overall, the team strengths, like if you look at Saint Kitts, for example, they don't have any a major superstar uh, who's playing for them. And Saint Lucia is uh, one of the most uh, surprising franchise. You know, whatever they do, they never qualify. They n- nothing works for them, but they still want to stick with the same kind of leader in Darren Sammy and just I don't know. So. The fact is, I would like to see CPL get back to the kind of uh, level playing field it had in 2015 and 2016, where you had every team had a two, three really good players, local players as well as international players, and and the competition was much more closer. You, you don't see Guyana what what won eight, I think, as we speak. They won eight in uh, eight matches, which is not good for the league. It doesn't happen too often. If Guyana actually wins 10, I don't think it has ever happened in any T20 league where a team has actually won all their matches. Maybe Seattle Court Stallions might have, but apart from that, I don't think any other franchise will. So how I judge a league or a competition is how close it, it goes. 
and uh, we've seen that with the IPL over the last two or three editions. We haven't known the final four till the last, maybe last over or last uh, innings at least. Uh, whereas uh, in the CPL, what with four or five matches to go, uh, we know who are the four uh, finalists, and at the same time, we knew the top two pretty much well in advance. So that's how I judge it, and it's been a pretty dull league. Yeah, just for those who have not been tuned in to the CPL regularly, the top two teams, one of them is, of course, the Trinbago Knight Riders, who won the last two seasons. Just to look through their squad, says names like Kyron Pollard, Dwayne Bravo is not playing, of course, Darren Bravo. Sunil Narayan, Colin Munro, there's uh, Chris Jordan now, Ali Khan of course has been a constant, there's Jimmy Nisham. There's no real way of measuring the value of a star in, in T20 cricket yet like you do with the transfer market in football. But just to look at the number of IPL teams whom these guys represent, all these guys don't play for a single IPL team, but they play for a single CPL team. There's no way a single IPL team can afford all this star power. If you just count, they play for four teams at least by my count, all these guys. Gaurav, outside of the draft, the draft of course exists in the CPL as the way of hiring players. Outside of the draft, what kind of hiring goes on? How do franchises choose? Trinbago of course might be lucky in that there's so many of these guys who come from Trinidad and will want to play for their own uh, region or country perhaps in this case. Perfect. Uh, what what you said uh, is a good point in the fact that Trinidad and Tobago is... Uh, one city, uh, it's a cricket-loving city, and even if you see the matches in that stadium, irrespective of the day and the time and whoever is playing, the crowd is always great, the atmosphere is great, and everybody wants to play for Trinidad, because even before the CPL started, they were the number one franchise. In fact, they would have been one of the best fan, best teams, uh, T20 teams uh, across the world. We saw that, uh, we saw a glimpse in the Champions League, etc. So, the thing about CPL drafts is that Originally, obviously, it started as a level playing field and then certain franchises got owners, certain franchises run by CPL itself. And till they actually sold six different franchises to six different owners, you know, some people got what they wanted. So, for example, uh, I think I remember Barbados Tridents got ABD Villiers, even though he was picked up in the draft, so-called draft, that was pre-decided that ABD Villiers is going to play for Barbados Tridents. Similarly, I think it was Sunil Narayan who played for Guyana the first uh, couple of seasons, suddenly moved to Trinbago from 2016 onwards because he wanted to play for the local team and obviously with the CPL being a league which was gaining in popularity people wanted to see the best players in action for their respective teams and that happened. Then we saw Pollard move from Barbados to St. Lucia for one year we saw Gale moving to St. Kitts because I guess it was more of a family thing. He had had just recently got a kid and he was his wife was from St. Kitts so he moved to St. Kitts for a couple of years and now he's back to Jamaica, his hometown. So uh, this swapping and changing is not really good for any league. And yes, the IPL also has that, but not to this extent. Not your star players don't move so often. And if you see Trinbago Knight Riders, yes, that's a franchise which is very professionally run. Obviously, due to their experience, they have the best of facilities. They get the best of services. They, they, they do it extremely well. And that's why they're a successful franchise. Now, on top of that, you give them all the players they want. You know, the whole league becomes a bit topsy-turvy then. If, say, uh, the Bravo Brothers have been there for a the long time and look at Send Kids, for example, example, compare the two teams, just look at the strength of the T20 matches or wickets. You have Bravo and Polar in the team. That's that's like, what, 900 wickets almost? And whatever, about another 800 matches, T20 matches? That's the kind of experience you're dealing with and you have at the other end, you have a team which has, hardly has 200, 300 match uh, experience. So, 
you don't want that to happen already the team it's just a six team league and four qualify in spite of that you make it uneven with uh, certain teams being very strong then it just doesn't add up so especially polar going this year was a, a shocker to me considering how uh, cpl let that happen because it just makes it uh, too strong and in fact uh, a few matches narain was also not playing and still they seem to uh, be winning fairly easily so to improve this next year they should add, again not worry about the stars not worry about the franchise and try to keep a level playing field such that every team has a good chance at the playoffs yeah gorav just wanted to ask you about how sort of this cpl list sort of works with respect to visa v somebody like perth scorchers or someone so one of the major differences is i think the bbl is not been very transparent about the value you a player actually gets you know you don't get that uh, exact value per player often that kind of details are not revealed whereas in the cpl that is kind of very transparent. when they have a proper draft uh, which takes place and every team picks up and they make the squad using that amount of money they have whereas in the BBL uh, i think the, since it's run by the board and not by any franchise they decide a certain number of local players already play for their local teams like perth will get their some uh, players from their region similarly adelaide etc and i think it's just two overseas slots per team where you get uh, a lot of money to be paid and again that lot of money is way lesser than what a cpl or a ipl franchise obviously paying so which is why you don't see too many stars uh, going to the bbl which is what why abd in the first place said no but for some reason he's come back uh, this year decided to play at least half of the uh, league if you see why should a player play only half because that's that's when it becomes financially viable for him for example so that's why they don't play the full league but a cpl at least it's transparent that way we all know how much each player is being paid BBL we don't and again the draft is it's very cagey in the BBL whereas in CPL that is transparent but who goes where is kind of pre-decided in the CPL at least for the star players which is again slightly uh, not very transparent so to answer your question both ha- has sets of problems BBL and uh, CPL but I still prefer the CPL to the BBL because it's at least you know that a franchise wants a particular player and he's paying x amount of money for that player whereas in the BBL it varies across teams here at least all six franchises pay the same thing to their top player i think the other thing to do with the caribbean in general is that it's a really unique sort of region where only in cricket they represent the region together whereas all of them are really proud of their nationalities or where they come from a trinidad person but a trini is really proud of being from trinidad and tobago while somebody from barbados and jamaica take pride in representing that particular region so i guess some of that helps trinbago quite a bit because all these guys pollard narain like you mentioned the bravo brothers they all have their roots in trinidad and tobago moving on deva one question uh, that i've been having because i watch parts of these games the latest stages of these games the guyana amazon warriors have seemed like quite the unit which is punching about its weight or like the cliche goes they're more than they some of their parts is what it seems like but they've obviously got the whole final skirts they keep winning the league phase they run into trinbago in the end and kind of becomes a whole story that keeps repeating itself how are they looking going into the business end as the league leaders this time uh well i don't know i think like tkr i'd still go with tkr since like they've been there and done that in various other t20 leagues like you said like so many ipl players playing there is experience and 
Guyana, of course, they have some extremely good spinners. Like the spinners have been doing the main job for them. Chris Green, the finger spinner, has been among the best ones going in the power plays. And and also like uh, they've had Brandon King, somebody who moved from St. Kitts and now his career at Guy- has turned around at Guyana Amazon Warriors as an opener. But if you look at man to man and in terms of experience, even though they're league toppers now, eight out of eight TKR lost to them. But going into the final, I think I'll put my money on TKR any day given the experience and they've been there and done that and won every other T20 tournament like these players. So despite the spin depth in Guyana Amazon Warriors and sure Malik has managed that pretty well and he himself adds to that spin depth. But still, I guess the curse might continue. You never know. Hmm. So the the final, Gaurav, is it the same as the IPL system? The winner gets to play at home, is it? Because it seems Guyana playing their qualifier by virtue of finishing table toppers. They're playing the qualifier at home in Guyana. But if they do qualify for the final, they will have to play it in uh, in Taruba, which is the new ground in Trinidad and Tobago. Is that right? It actually doesn't work like that in the IPL. Uh, sorry, in the CPL. Over the last few years, I, I think last two, three years, these two cities have hosted the playoffs. It's actually a government thing. So uh, you need a lot of government support to host uh, these matches. And uh, Trinbago usually open up their grounds for uh, these uh, finals and these key matches, whereas a ground like Barbados, they don't uh, accept the government does not uh, believe that this is good for the game or they don't want to invest some money on that. So uh, that's how it's usually over the last uh, two or three seasons, if I'm right, it's been held in, in Guyana and Trinidad only. It doesn't matter who makes it. So that just to get that clear. So even if, say, Barbados had made it, it uh, I think the uh, playoffs would be in the same place only. But having said that, if you actually go dive deep into the scheduling, if you see, look at how CPL usually has been uh, scheduled, is such that every island plays their own uh, match. Uh, they play a group of home fixtures and then they start traveling away. So you will have, like, send kids, I think, finish their games one week in advance. They finished eight when Barbados had finished three, for example, because Barbados' home leg was way later. So, uh, but for some reason, again, Trinidad and Guyana, Trinidad played two, three games at home, uh, four games at home, and now they have two at the back end again at home. So these things are very imperfect in terms of scheduling. Uh, I would like to see more uh, uh, stability in the scheduling compared to other leagues as well because uh, you don't want a team playing nine games and one team playing four games and uh, that's that's not equal footing at all. So these things need to be changed in the CPL and uh, that might affect people who play in the final as well, you know. Uh, in this case, Gaira and Trinbago are playing four times in like ten, in like a week or eight days if they both make the final. So you wouldn't ideally want such a scenario. While uh, just keeping on the theme of two dominant teams, Deva, you had recently written, I think yesterday you written about Kari Pier, who is uh, Trinbago Knight Riders' left arm spinner, not very well known outside the Caribbean. I think he's been called up and played a couple of T20s, if I'm not wrong, against India recently. So Kari Pier is not somebody you'd call a T20 superstar on a global level, but but he seems to tick for Trinbago Knight Riders, which is what kind of makes them so successful. It, in, the, in the fact that the Domestic guys put their hands up and he's been impressive for the last few seasons. How much do you think, how much do you guys think that uh, the consistency with coaching staff, for example, Brendan McCullum, Jack Callis when he was there, Simon Katic, all these guys who work with Kolkata Knight Riders in the IPL, also work with Trinbago in the CPL. That's sort of a very unique advantage compared to all the other teams. Yeah, it indeed uh, seems to be a pretty big advantage. I mean, you see, even Dinesh Karthik was here for some scouting or something, and then he got into a bit of a mess 
but the kind of uh, this culture sort of has been always there with uh, the night riders franchise i remember uh, darren bravo being picked as part of kkr as an investment and javon sells got a few games there and before the msl happened there was this uh, cape town night riders franchise and jack callis was their coach as well and they had picked up tom karan who had impressed them in the english domestic circuit and later tom karan was brought over to kkr and he had a fairly decent stint nothing spectacular but then he did really impress with slow balls and now he's at the bbl different leagues around the world so and especially and they have the same scout as well for KKR Shrikant scouts and he was part of the uh, Global T20 Canada as well the first season the Vancouver Knights and he plucked out Fawad Ahmed from there and he had an exceptional season first season he was a top wicket taker in the CPL and people thought Fawad was over he was just nudging towards 40 and it sort of turned his career around he bowled on dew slick pitches in trinidad went over to the PSL and then, and of course he's been excellent for sydney thunder in the BBL and similar cases even carry spoke about how having um, carl crow who was the spin coach for both both the night riders franchise has helped him a great deal and and of course narain so i think that sort of places them at a unique advantage like having a, a sort of a continuity factor going on I also i think what deva the point he makes is very pertinent because you no know, more it's more so for the players i think the players want to play for tinbago which which makes it even more uh, complex for the organizers because you know there is a part towards bigger success you get to know you know at the bigger stage like uh, deva said you might be picked up in other leagues by corresponding teams whereas it's not the case say for say, say st lucia or st kitts who are uh, only part of this one league so it helps the players immensely to be part of such a professional franchise i think abhishek nayar was also there i think he's been there fully around uh, right deva did you uh, get to see him uh, i think uh, i saw him in the first games when dk was there and there were some social posts but as such i didn't see him in the dressing room i, I kind of I vaguely remember seeing him quite a bit so the fact is that it helps you know people people know that they're watching and uh, the players will ag- obviously put up a great show and you know you impress these guys you never know how your career want to go so it helps it helps being run professionally and it'd be great if all the franchises are sold to owners which have other teams and that's what most teams should be looking to do you must have four leagues in four different countries owned by more or less the same people that really helps in continuity like shinad said about coaches it generally helps you know you have the same team we've seen that with chennai and bombay in the ipl Uh, we've seen that with other franchises uh, i think even with um, islamabad united in psl you don't change too much whereas you see every year there's a new coach in st lucia had hodge last year they have someone else this year uh, i think barbados has phil simmons this year i think robin singh has moved to st kids and there's like lot of swapping and changing and that's not good for the league as well as for the player yeah one name i remember from um, an ipl auction is javon sales <laughs> the last one to be sold <laughs> yeah he came came right at the very end of the the second or third round and suddenly only one paddle went up and they just uh, snapped him up and left <laughs> so javon sales is one name from trinbago night riders i think he's still there he's playing this year yeah. um, as part of this yeah with, Nar- yeah, with narain's injury he's getting quite a few games as well so. right so just before we move on to the players to watch out for and the players who might make a big wave in the next few months as part of other auctions and drafts that are coming up from around the world the other question i had is of course that this is not unique to trinbago or it's not unique to the cpl 
I see someone like Jason Gillespie at Sussex, uh, Gaurav, he, Adelaide strikers in Sussex seem to have a fairly similar list in terms of overseas talent and guys from England and Australia swapping. There's Alex Carey who's doing both sides. Uh, there's Rashid Khan, of course, who's been around for a long time. Uh, Travis Head seems to join Sussex now. So there seems to be a fair bit of swapping and, uh, and, you know, exchange between sides with the same coach from around the world. Yes, uh, it, it helps immensely. You know the player, the relationship is there, you know the roles and uh, in each league you perform different roles considering your experience and how uh, how competitive the league is and I think that's a great way to do and I, like I said earlier, most teams should do that and that again, that happens only if you have continuity with respect to coaches, support staff. Uh, that's how you can build a team. I remember Brad Hodge mentioning it uh, to, to me last time and he last year when he was in the studio that uh, it takes two three years to actually build a, a proper franchise and if everybody has to perform according to, to their roles it takes a couple of seasons because you have what IPL you have fourteen games in the CPL you have ten games and maybe most other leagues also have between eight to ten games which is which is very less to actually build a culture build some build the roles identify roles you know you take four five games to even find the right combination. And then the season's over. And then if you don't make it, the coaches get fired. So I don't think that's fair. And what you said about Sussex, and I see that, uh, I think, with Middlesex and Brisbane Heat as well. Uh, Vettori was there in both places. So these things matter. And uh, it only helps with the amount of T20 leagues happening and with the 100 coming up next year. You want to maintain continuity. And again, if you see the coaches there as well, they are all T20 coaches. So you will find the similar players playing uh, across the league for the similar teams just because of comfort factor and people know what they are going to get. You know, you rather go for uh, somebody whom you know than somebody unknown and mess up your uh, dressing room atmosphere or your culture. So that's why that's very important. Yeah, and there's exchange of players like you particularly see during IPL auctions as well. Like say, Gaurav brought brought this thing about like the Brisbane he doing it. Vettori, when he was at the RCB, was particularly impressed with Timal Mills there at Brisbane Heat. And then he got him onto RCB. That he didn't do well is a different story altogether. But it's been a trend that's catching up with exchange of players. Pick a player who you know, who you're comfortable with, who you can work on, you trust. So it, it's, it's also recently happened in the Global T20 Canada. Donovan Miller was the Vancouver coach and then he was at the Patriots in the CPL. He called up this Rassie van der Dussen, South Africa's vice captain now. And then they'll now be working at the MSL with the Josie Stars, the defending champion. So I think there's a trend that is catching up across leagues and in this T20 environment. Yeah, there is a fair bit of history now to bank on. There are guys who have been proven success stories. Teams will want to retain some of those coaches. So that all makes sense as T20 becomes more and more mature. Uh, like it's got a 15-year history now and 8-9 years in this new era with similar coaches and numbers and stuff. Just before we close, uh, one way to look at the players to watch out for players who impress the CPL is to kind of punt on who will do well at the upcoming IPL auction. It's a very small auction. So with limited seats available across teams, uh, who do you guys think is going to be a breakout star from the Caribbean or otherwise who's impressed in the CPL? Uh, Deva, there's, I think there's Hayden Walsh from the USA who's uh, impressed a lot of people uh, with his 
spin bowling, right? Yeah, pretty much. And he bowls the glamorous variety of spin bowling, the leg spin. He's got the googly as well. Uh, he's born in Antigua, but uh, he's playing for USA recently. Bravo was also so impressed with him. There was an Instagram post saying that he wanted him to play for West Indies and he wanted Archer to play as well. So he's played very few games, five or six something. He's got 15 wickets and, and it's like leg spin bowling is the most glamorous variety. So he could be in it. And Romario Shepard is another guy who have kept an eye on. Ian Bishop uh, in the CPL podcast last season picked him up as one of the players to watch out for. If he gets more game time, he's got more game time now and he's been part of the West Indies A sides as well. So generally pacers who can ball quick and hit the deck hard attract a lot of attention. And he, he's been hitting big at the end, hasn't he, with the bat? I haven't, I haven't really followed his batting as such, but he's been brilliant in the field as well. A few catches mm. I've seen. So, and of course, I've been impressed with Carrie Pierre as well. But uh, the thing is, uh, generally, you don't pick uh, overseas spinners, especially in a particular an IPL auction. You don't particularly pick overseas spinners. You have a lot of them in India as well, like maybe in other leagues. Yeah, fair. Gaurav, uh, who are you watching out for with a month and a half to go for the IPL auction? My biggest find for this uh, CPL is not someone new, but Fabian Allen. I think he adds a lot to a team. His fielding's been amazing and the kind of shots and the kind of pressure situations he came in this year uh, was very impressive the way he uh, scored the boundaries at key stages and he scores across the ground, uh, across the stadium. Uh, it's not just a one, one-dimensional player. He has a wide range of strokes. Yes, he has one weakness which is Again, spin, a lot of teams would look to do that. So that is one area where if he can at least uh, play according to the situation and take the singles and then target the fast bowlers, then I think he would be a great asset to any team, especially because he's a all-rounder, excellent fielder, and plays the finisher role perfectly, which a lot of teams want in this IPL. We saw a couple of teams not having that uh, position uh, last year. So uh, Fabian Allen is a great um, uh, asset uh, addition to the team. And the other uh, player whom I was a bit impressed, but I think it's too early, is Aiden Walsh, someone whom Deva also spoke about, but uh, not too sure if he's ready. And a spinner, especially in a, a league like IPL, unless you're like extremely good in the in the range of Rashid Khan or Sunil Naren, uh, you won't get picked. So I don't expect uh, uh, him to get picked, but maybe a couple more good seasons. Who knows? Might just become the first American player to make his IPL debut. Ali Khan has been very close to getting, I think, a deal in the IPL, but we're still waiting for the first American player. Right, just to close out this episode of Stump Mike, uh, just a quick run around in terms of whom you guys think will lift the trophy. Will TKR make it a hat trick or, or will Amazon Warriors finally have, considering the final is in Trinidad? I can't see Trinbago Knight Riders uh, being beaten this time, uh, Deva. Yeah, TKR hat trick of titles. Let's go with that. Simple as that, uh, Gaurav. Trinbago it is. Super. By the time we convene for the next episode of Talking T20, Guyana Amazon Warriors would have duly lifted CPL 2019 and uh, you can play this out loud and listen to it over and over again. That's about all we have time for on this episode of Stump Mike. Thanks a lot to Deva and Gaurav. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Srinath. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, and thanks to you, listener, for listening to Stump Mike. Continue to leave your reviews and share your feedback on iTunes. It helps more and more people find the podcast. And you can listen to us or find us anywhere else you get your podcast, from Spotify to Stitcher to Pocket Casts or wherever else. Until next time, from all of us at ESP Info, it's been a pleasure. Goodbye.